podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name is Daniel. It's your boy, HH. Hey, everyone. It's Carl Anchor again. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook. If you're on Spotify, follow. Why not? If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. What are you doing? Instagram. Yep, X videos. I already said that one. X videos. <laughs> um, <for> this one. <laughs> um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, remember to leave us a five-star review. We'll read on the show. There's one from Spain. I just forgot to take a screenshot of it. And it was basically it's the kid, 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 but great podcast. So whoever that guy is, that was like it's the kid over and over again. Shout out to your five star review from Spain. I definitely remember. I'll get your name next week. Not even one El Nino, just it's the kid. It's no, 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 no. You have to say it's the kid like seven thousand times, man. It's you know that's it's a thing, yeah. So yeah. Um, if leaving five star reviews is your thing, remember to do that, and we will read them on the show or quote them from memory. And yeah, we do have a Patreon, so we record thirty to forty minutes every week for you guys. Extra, um, pretty interesting subjects. I have no idea what we're going to talk about this week, but yeah, remember to look at that in the description. Carl, you got anything you want to plug before we get going? Subscribe to the Athletic. If we subscribe to the Athletic, do we get paid? No, I do. Carl gets paid. <laughs> no, I, I actually was what's it called? When I was actually um I think I was in Houston Station to today doing my rounds around Europe and I did see a massive advert for the Athletics saying no clickbait, no ads, just um greater reporting. Join the athletic, fifteen percent off or something. It was like, oh okay. Get it, baby. No clickbaits. No. Sure. All right, so so Carl Carl's here for like a few minutes, I guess. So, what do you want to talk about, my friend? Life. Um, currently we're putting in Southampton, so I was at St Mary's this weekend. I was watching their game against Liverpool. One of those games where Southampton were good for the majority of the first half, and then Saudi Amane just went, "All right, bet safe, bang." And I don't want to, you know, I don't like the word overrated or underrated, but I am getting to a stage where I think Saudi Amane is top five in the world. The guy's incredible. Maybe maybe not top five, but maybe just... He's definitely top five for me in terms of football players to watch in Europe. Very few football players I enjoy watching more than Sadio Mane now. Because he's a genius at football. Right? That guy pulls off things that I could not pull off in my wildest dreams and would struggle to replicate in FIFA. But also, he his on-pitch demeanour is really fun. Like You can see the cogs whirring in his head when he's about to begin something. He's like, how about... Maybe I should... Should I? No. Okay, I'll try this. And it's so fun to watch. He, he's he got this really good problem-solving dribbling style where he's clearly trying to get from point A to point B, but there'll be a defender in front of him. And he's like, all right, maybe if I like, move my leg this way, I can get past him, and then I can get a shot. So yeah, Sadio Mane, one of my favorite players to watch in Europe right now. Kevin De Bruyne against Spurs. It's really fun that Kevin De Bruyne is back and fit again. It's remarkable how, you know, City, for all their brilliance last year, did it mostly without Kevin De Bruyne because Kevin De Bruyne was injured. You know, this is weird to say, despite the fact City drew, thanks to VAR and whatnot, and the new handball rules. But um, I've got a horrible feeling Liverpool could end up with 90 points this season and just not even be close to Manchester City at the top of the table. In other places in the Premier League, Newcastle look terrible. Crystal Palace look like they're going to be in real trouble. Uh, and I owe Brighton an apology because Brighton on the Graham Potter are playing some really good football. 
And I think I said Brighton want to get relegated purely because I didn't know much about Brighton. Sheffield United looking really fun with that uh, overlapping centre-backs thing. That is weird. I need it's someone weird. to really explain that to me. It's weird. and it, it So they play 3-5-2. And what happens is they do a version of the Manchester City goal. But what happens is the two centre-backs in the three, what they do is they overlap the two wide players, so the two wing-backs that are ahead of them. And those wing-backs will then tuck in. Um, and they create overloads in wide areas. So basically, you get a three-on-one in every single wide area to whip in balls, and it, it is genuinely impressive. I'm not, I'm not going to believe the overlapping centre backs is going to work against every team in the Premier League. And Bournemouth and uh, Crystal Palace are somewhat pliable opponents the first phase off. But anyone thinking Sheffield United are going to come into the league and, and put in a performance similar to Huddersfield last season, or perhaps you know how weak Fulham last season will be. Uh, Pleasantly surprised. They're not going to go away without a fight. I had Norwich finishing comfortably mid-table this season, uh, and I was a bit surprised by how comfortable they looked against Norwich, um, against Newcastle. Pukib really looks like the real deal. That hat-trick, that hat-trick was brilliant. Like, <laughs> a genuinely brilliant hat-trick. You I need his jersey. I'm getting Pukib's jersey. You consider, you consider that guy scored, what, six goals for Celtic when he was playing in Scotland in one season? And now he's out there doing bits for Norwich in the Premier League. Wow. Good, good job. And that's my quick review of the Premier League. Yeah, I was like, I gave you all of Europe. I think Coutinho went to Bayern Munich today officially, and we're sitting here talking about Pookie. But okay, all right. <laughs> hey, Coutinho, look, you know, you know how I feel about Coutinho. I, I'm a big fan of Coutinho. I think he had a spell at Liverpool where he was genuinely one of the best players in the world. But also, it was that weird state where he was genuinely one of the best players in the world. But also... Liverpool's attack didn't run through him, so selling him was the right thing to do. I've also said in this podcast that Barcelona should have bought Ericsson instead of Coutinho. I stand by that forever. Coutinho is going to be brilliant for Bayern Munich. They've given him a number 10 shirt, which I think is a big deal because that's Robin's shirt. I don't think that loan deal is going to last more than a year because Coutinho's wages are frankly ridiculous, right? absurd. If my understanding is correct, it would have cost Bayern Munich 5 to 10 million to, to make James Rodriguez permanent. And James Rodriguez was mustard for Bayern Munich in that last season. He was a genuine free eight in that weird Kevin De Bruyne style where you're a number 10, but also you play deep and can do everything. Maybe one or two notches below. He was, he was you know, if the, the best free eights in the world are Kevin De Bruyne, David Silva, Bernardo Silva. I think Coutinho is going to be doing that. I think Coutinho is going to be operating from a deeper central position and being told just have a go. Like the wingers are going to do the winger stuff. Don't worry about that. Cause havoc just in front of our DMs. I think he's going to be great. I think Bayern Munich are going to be, you know, the death star of football. So they're going to run around and do their bits. But I absolutely don't believe Coutinho is going to stay because I think his wages are maybe 10 times the amount it would have cost to make Hamas Rodriguez permanent at Bayern Munich. So, Damn. unless Coutinho has a Messi-esque season or like a Salah first season at Liverpool, I don't think he's going to stay at Bayern for more than one year. But what he will do is just get a year where he reminds everyone that he is a great footballer, which I think he is. Oh, I will say this very quickly. La Liga started this weekend. Barcelona lost. A Messi-less Barcelona lost 1-0 to, to Athletic Bilbao. Uh, Real Madrid won. Uh, Gareth Bale starting, which I think is hilarious that Gareth Bale started. Uh, and that more Real Madrid players have gone from Zidane going, I don't need them to. No, he's fine. He can stay. Um, <laughs> so my uh, Jao Felix is getting a lot of plaudits for Come on, lads. It was just a run. He just he just ran in and then fell over and got a penalty. It was also kind of a dive. It was a good dive, but 
Jao Felix looks like the real deal. I'm not going to say Jao Felix is Ronaldo-esque or Messi-esque based off one La Liga game. I think of Jao Felix the same way I thought about him in the summer. He is a very, very good football player. He's very young. He was playing in Benfica in, in base, frankly, a Portuguese league, which no one can properly gauge talent. But it looks as if he might be the real deal of Atletico Madrid, which is nice. And it also looks like Atletico Madrid are going to play more expansive football. Now they've had to reboot their entire back line. And Antoine Griezmann's done. It's that weird thing where Barcelona are playing really, really boring Valverde ball. Real Madrid, I have no idea what Real Madrid is going to happen because I don't know if Zidane's technique is going to work. So maybe this would be a good chance for Atletico Madrid to win La Liga again. Hmm. Sorry, I'll start this weekend. Uh, my predictions are Juventus is going to win the league again. Napoli is going to come second. <laughs> Inter, Milan, Inter Milan is going to come third. And then uh, fourth place, I don't know. Uh, you so were yeah, going to win again, huh? Both that's claims. Me. That's Both me. Claims. That's me. Uh, any, you can ask me any questions. I'm gonna, I'll jump out in like 10 minutes. Sorry, I feel like I've dominated the start of this podcast. I'm really sorry, listeners. By the way, in completely random, it just kind of going with the randomness of the opening of this podcast. Hmm. Traore just came on. Have we talked about skin bleaching on this podcast before? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not serious. Why is he so light-skinned? This is a complete diversion. Apologies. Why is he so light-skinned? I remember him when he was at Barcelona. If anybody goes and looks at the pictures of him at Barcelona, he doesn't look like that. Look, he bleached his he doesn't, skin. He, he's, he's, he's gotten like three, four shades lighter. He looks like Chris Brown now. <laughs> What's going on? Yes, that you know that Wolverhampton sun will be hitting differently. I hope I hope that's what it is. Just like you know, the weather in England just doesn't agree with him. And in Barcelona, maybe he was getting a lot of sunshine. But mm. you, know, oh. you know, I'm actually looking at the picture right now. This dude looks like a dude from Nigeria, just regular. And the dude I'm looking at looks like, as you say, Chris. No, this guy bleached his skin. I'm looking at the picture right now coming from Barcelona. <laughs> no, this no amount of sunlight can do that to somebody. <laughs> no, no, this I'm, I'm looking at his Middlesbrough photographs. Let me find what. Wow. What? What? Is that what it's yes. like in Barcelona? Wow. Yeah, he looks completely different in Barcelona. Because yeah, I was thinking, like, is it just he lifted weights and it stretched his skin? But nah, it's, it's something wrong. I, I'm not going to. I don't want to go on a limb and just start accusing him, but it's not true assault in his name. But he, yeah, there is a very visible transformation in him physically from his time at Barcelona, and it's not just yeah, it's not Sammy Sosa, but it's not bro, just I, the fact that he's massive now. It's also yeah, he's he definitely looks more like different. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. So have hope. What subject do you want to hit first, man? Griezmann. Okay, I'm talk to you a little bit about Griezmann, and then I'll talk up. Griezmann told everyone that he should be mentioned in the same breath as Cristiano and Messi. And my thing is, we all saw what Neymar did without Messi. Granted, they didn't have Suarez. But I think Griezmann, but let's go, he had Saul, he had Koke, he had Diego Costa. In France, you have um, Mbappe, you have Pogba, you have all these kind of people. But I think when Suarez came off, everyone was like, wait a minute, this is the hundred and something million pound guy. This is a major signing. Do something. And Griezmann, for the first time, was like, oh, okay, I have no one to lean towards because I'm a supporting act. I'm, I'm not the main attraction. I support the main attraction. And it was just so revealing how completely lost he was when he was the only kind of major style on that pitch. No, no Coutinho, no Suarez, no Messi, just you. We have to really address this whole notion that Griezmann is a world-class player 
and we really have to try and define just how, just how good is Griezmann really. Okay, so we used that world class word before, so let's 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 take a scooch down on that. Now, how should we put this? Griezmann's saying you should put him in the same level as Cristiano and Messi. I don't think he was saying that for journalist benefit or football fans benefit i think he's telling that to himself if you watch i watched part of that documentary that's on netflix i watched his version of the decision griezmann very clearly bigs himself up in the mirror and it's not as like a self-confidence thing right because that guy is tiny he like left france at a really early age he lives he's lived the majority of his life in spain so when he goes on france duty they all call him like the spanish little brother or the egg or something like he gets he's like playfully bullied in that he doesn't really belong anywhere. Griezmann could have very easily been dismissed as a flighty winger who does nice tippy-tappy stuff but doesn't do any hard work. But thanks to his work at Sociedad and thanks to his work at Atletico Madrid, uh, and like he's turned himself into one of the best players in the world at what he does. Now, what he does is a very specific thing, which is that weird, not quite a number 10, not quite a winger, not quite a... A second striker, you know, the what used to be Dennis Burkham's role. And if you think about the players in the world who are good at that, you've got Anton Griezmann, Deli Ali, Dybala even. Um, Griezmann's better than those two players at that job. Griezmann is the best player in the world at what he does. And what he does is a very weird thing. And I think when he says, respect me like you should respect Messi, I think he's saying that to himself because he's like, yeah, I got a... If Griezmann goes out on that pitch and he doesn't feel confident, he'll get beaten up. He's, he's a tiny, tiny, tiny man. He's a tiny man who looks like, <laughs> like, as, that, as my that, friend. That kind of sounds disrespectful the way you say it. <laughs> he's a tiny, tiny man. He's, <laughs> he, he was, he was the genesis of my, uh, the uh, one of like one of the first big footballing articles I wrote that got me um, attention, mainstream attention in the news was um, about players having massive buttocks and that making them a better striker and how they can use their bum to like as a battering ram. And that came about from Anton Griezmann because I was watching the Euros in 2016 and going, how is the tiny Griezmann man able to beat off all these attackers who are trying to beat him up? And I noticed a bunch of teenage girls were tweeting in French, Fleur de Gris, which is Griezmann's ass. I went, oh, okay, I put two and two together. Um, there is, Anton Griezmann has no right to be as good a football player as he is. He, if you look at France's attacking options, the fact that Griezmann is ahead of all manner of players in the starting formation is bizarre. And he clearly does that because, well, one, Teachers I, bets. Well, he earned that teacher's pet. He, from what I understand, he is incredible in, in like behind the scenes. He's like a really good friend with everyone. And you bear in mind, Deschamps doesn't let certain players who are good too great, like Laporte, in the um, point. Ah! Then, bloody hell. Uh, but I have to go because that goal means I have to go write something. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. You can, find, you can find me all on Twitter, Anchorman616. Uh, please subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, if you are listening to Talking Tactics and you want to hear more of me, you can find me on Twitter. I hope you don't want to hear more of me because I feel really bad because I sort of dominate the first 20 minutes of this podcast. See you later. Uh, baby. What a G. Bro. Damn. Oh, oh, VAR. Oh, no. I was going to be ruled out. VAR, you pricks. Oh, my God. Uh, you see, moments like this are just going to be ruined. Who's the person with the mouse? Just like deciding oh, what's it, onside, it, offside. It, it stands. Yeah, man, but that just it ruined the moment. Just like, oh, let's wait. Is it? Is it not? Like, come on, man. All right, you know what? I don't have any strong opinions on Griezmann other than the fact that I'm surprised he survived the blackface thing. 
<laughs> and and we kind of already discussed that when when it happened. I mean, like, um, what are they gonna do to him, man? Really? I mean, it, I I think it's ironic that like, well, let's not even get into that. <laughs> that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, that's wait, that's an extra <laughs> conversation, man. No, not not this week, but maybe some other time. Maybe maybe nearer Christmas we can talk about like what they do in in the Netherlands. But anyway, let's talk about Spurs. Manchester City. Manchester City should have won that game by about two or three, I think. Bro, De Bruyne they, had a... they mesmerized those dudes, man. Yeah, I mean, like, De, De Bruyne had one of those I'm smarter than everybody games. Um, and you could just watch it and be like, yo, this guy, he's like, he sees things other people don't see. And I, I relate it to maybe like a point guard in the NBA. Because this always happens with maybe Chris Paul or Steve Nash back in the days where you have this really smart floor general who knows where people are going to go before before it happens. And sometimes this leads to turnovers. This person will see it pass. He'll pass the basketball. But because his teammates kind of aren't on the same wavelength, he creates turnovers. And somebody might say, oh, his assist-to-turnover ratio is pretty high. But, yeah, he's playing with teammates who aren't on his level. So the other players, they're just not smart enough to know what's happening. When you watch Manchester City, it's like, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is really smart. But you can tell that the people around him have an idea of what's happening. Yeah. So when he so when he tries these things, he's not misplacing passes too much. He's not you know passing it out of bounds or and anything like that. Like it's very efficient. So 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 like Guardiola has built a team that's smart enough to know Kevin's going to do something here. I need to be ready to get the ball. Like the pass that he gave to Sterling for the first Mm. goal. I'm one of those people that's like, okay, the ball might go there ahead of time. Like, I'm trying to, like, read a step ahead. I didn't notice that that pass was on. Like, I saw people back there, but I was like, there's no way De Bruyne can see that. So that's not what's going to happen. He gets the ball, boom. And it's just like, how did did he have eyes in the back of his head? And then you watch the replay, and it's like, oh, he, he, he did look. But it's just something very subtle. And yeah, it's just something incredible when you get to see like De Bruyne in that kind of mode. And they should have scored more goals because of it, but they didn't. And Tottenham just took advantage of yeah, no, no, you have to take that the they got. Like they, yeah, yeah, two-two. This whole VAR thing, man. I don't know, man. And this is from a guy who does is an NBA fan. I don't want it to turn into let's wait for three thousand years before a decision is being made on a game or something, man. You know, it's just sorry on like a specific decision. If that Wolves goal was ruled out right now, so that enjoyment of like, look how Ruben Nevers all gone. Imagine how Gabriel Jesus must feel or how Sterling must feel when 93 minutes you scored the goal. You Like the house be away where it's instant or quick because now what happens now is like you score the 93 minutes and like, wait, chill, hold on. All right, last, 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 so there should not be a thing of like whenever you score, wait about five, ten seconds, then celebrate. <laughs> mm. Because you know, because you saw like Pep and Aguero. Maybe we can talk about that. How Pep was like hugging Aguero because they had that. <laughs> and then I'm busy. Pep thought, okay, hey, look, but and then afterwards, Pep probably like spat at Aguero one when So something I find really interesting, or found really interesting when I found this out was. The Hawkeye technology in tennis. Mm. Do you know that they they slow that down for like dramatic effect? So like ev- every shot that's played, if you watch Wimbledon or 
Australian Open, all the, all the big tennis tournaments, probably even some of the other ones that don't. Like that Hawkeye technology that traces the ball, whether it's on the line, off the line, whatever, they slow that down for dramatic effect. So people in the crowd can do the little clap thing, and then you see the ball come over. Um, and whether it's, I'm just seeing the replay of the Neves shot, so it's kind of interfering with what I'm thinking. Like that is an incredible <laughs> shot. Like crazy, crazy. De Gea is at full stretch, which means this is difficult <laughs> to, no, no, no. to, to get it. In. It's like it's it's the perfect kind of shot because it is just high enough to go over a fully outstretched De Gea, who's a very tall goalkeeper. Lanky guy. Yeah. And you you get the right amount of time where it then dips down at the right time. So it's like the, the yeah. perfect shot to beat a keeper like a De Gea. So. Mm. But anyway, like the Hawkeye, they slow it down. That way it's more dramatic. That's my point. Mm. But it's instant. In football, people want it fast. The same way, yeah. like goal line technology, instant, pretty much. The, the referee has a watch or whatever, and it flashes like, yeah, it, it went past. Like, on, on TV, you have a better idea of what's happening. So, mm. like, when, when when we were looking at the the Neves ruling for the potential offside, we were able to see, oh, there's somebody with a mouse clicking around, doing something. Somebody's trying to figure it out. If you're at the Wolves Stadium, what is your experience? You're just kind of standing there like... I was just really happy, yeah. But now, but now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> and then once it's ruled a goal, that moment of kind of happiness, you 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 ruined it, you know. No, so, no, but you know, because I think the weird thing is that this is now a new kind of emotion that we've never had in football that we probably just have to get used to, where we're not going to be seeing a lot of instances where, like, ninety third minutes, a team scores, they celebrate. And then there's not video out. Then maybe like there's like a power cut or something because there was there's like a tornado. And now have to wait like ten minutes until people make it a decision, and the decision is no goal. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, 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 the <laughs> ironically these these two teams have been involved in two of those. If you look at the Champions League from last hmm. year, Sterling scored, and they're like, oh, so Man City are through. They do the VAR, and then it comes up no goal. Mm. And now this time, I mean, both times they've gone against Manchester City, but the ball goes off, I think, Laporte's arm. Jesus collect or Jesus, because it's Portuguese. Jesus collects it, scores. You think they win? It's like, so the law says, if the ball hits your hand, even mis- mistakenly, it's seen as, as handball. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Well, this, this, this is the thing. That's quite interesting about the rule, from from what I understand. Ooh, Pogba yeah. penalty. Um, so the the interesting thing about the rule is, it's not subjective if it's the offensive team. So if you're attacking the box and the ball hits your arm in any phase of the buildup, it's handball, and if you score a goal from that passage of play, the goal is ruled off. So when you're attacking. It's an objective rule. If you're the defender, if you're the mm. defending team, it's a subjective ruling, meaning it can hit your hand and not necessarily be a handball. So so this is the weird thing that if you're the attacking team and the ball hits your arm or hand, mm. no matter what, handball. Good save. Oh, I had a feeling that he'd miss. I didn't. No, no, no! I didn't. For some friends, I just said, I don't know, I think he's gonna miss. And also, he's changed his his, his, his run up. Yeah, he used to be like the super duper yeah, choppy yeah, ten thousand steps thing. Yeah, 
Maybe Ali didn't like it. So if so ah. it's subjective for the attacking team. No, 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 no. It's objective for the for the attacking team. So if it hits your arm, no no discussion, black and white, mm. handball. If you're the defending team, however, the referee, then there's a there's a level of subjectivity that he gets to have, like did he mean to handball it? Blah blah blah. Basically, they're saying if it hits your hand in the box, it's an advantage, but it's not necessarily an advantage if you're the defending team, because mm-hmm. what if your hand's by your side and you don't mean to do it? Then oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, you'd be giving away a bunch of penalties. But if ever it hits your arm and you're the offensive team, then they see it as an advantage. So it's oh, a weird yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's that weird area. Um, so I guess the Lorente goal with these rules from the Champions League wouldn't have stood. They 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 put in VAR to make sure things would be more fair, less chaotic. And in turn what you've done is just taken the more chaoticness fair. and put it into just a different area or a different yeah. sphere. I'm sure when they first introduced the offside rule and everything, people were like, wait, what the F is going on here? And it's so, and this is such a major major introduction to football, one of the biggest introductions to football, that I think that you just need to give it time, because basically this is just going to be a very rough season for it. There's there's going to be arguments, they're going to there's going to be controversy and everything, but it's here to to stay. Like <laughs> it ain't going to be scrapped, you know. And I think mm-hmm. because it's worked so well at the World Cup, I think it will not be, like if let's say. That's why I was so worried when it was used at the World Cup because, like, if let's say it was such a big disaster in the World Cup, it was confusing. People didn't know how to use the, the, the machine. Then guys would be like, "Yeah, this will probably be scrapped sometime." But because it worked so well there, even if it will run into some confusion in the Premier League at some point, I think people will just fight to now, 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 wait, 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 stick with it. Then once it gets used, to it, yeah, it's going to improve, and then boom, we'll, 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 be, we'll be cool. Do you know what's interesting cool. is at the World Cup, I think a lot of the VAR referees were from Italy who had been using it for at least maybe a season. Oh, have they like, been using it before? I think so. I think Italy started in 1718, and I could be wrong. Like, if, if you watch Syria religiously and, like, hey, Daniel doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, this is one of the times I'm guessing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I feel like they started experimenting with VAR in 1718. And for whatever reason in my mind, I feel like whenever they showed like that booth at the World Cup, it was always like ITA, meaning like Italy. So maybe it's just a matter of just you get the people used to it and it'll run smoother and whatnot. What I really want to talk about is just how fake Pep is. Before that, I think we need to address that Pep maybe needs some psychological help. I didn't see this from him at Barcelona. Or even at Bayern, it just since he's come to England, there's just a very strange behavior that he has, which is just like sarcasm mixed with like OCD, mixed with just some just weird, weird stuff. Like I said, no, this <laughs> this guy has problems, man. I think you know, I don't care whether I'm, I'm a doctor or not. I think weird. It's- yeah, it's weird. Like you can tell like, his mannerisms are like strange, but yeah. I mean, he is a football genius at the end of the day. So maybe it's just like yeah, that weird to who, according to who? general public. Basically, Twitter. Twitter. Okay. All right. We're not going to sit here and pretend like he's not a brilliant football mind. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and just maybe with that, I don't know, 
comes just a level of oddness. You know. But he's fake. In terms of if that goal doesn't go in from Jesus and there's not that aura in the stadium of all right, we won. You think he's hugging a girl like that? It looked looked like they were going to kiss. Maybe they did, like, on the cheek. But I thought, you know, just full, like, on the (laughs) lips. No, 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 no. Do you know the weird thing that Aguero was trying to get away? (laughs) Maybe he was uncomfortable. Yo, low-key, if you didn't want somebody to do that to you, isn't that, like, harassment? Yeah, it is. If Aguero was a woman, Pep would, would be screwed. Bro, like, stop hugging me all close and talking in my ear like this, bro. I'm uncomfortable. But yeah, you're my no, boss, so I kind of have Aguero to accept that like, if that's bro, what you want to do. Like, to yeah. Me, like, like Aguero was like, yeah, I get it. Now, can you leave me? And this guy just didn't <laughs> like, He's like, yeah, I get it. But he's Ooh. fake, man, because if, 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 I, I guarantee as soon as that goes to Salah, Pep probably felt like, man, yeah, I shouldn't no, have shown him love like that. As soon as it went in, Pep probably didn't even want to look at Aguero at, at all. So you're fake. <laughs> my God. The, 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 the dude yeah. is weird, man. The dude is weird. Very, very strange, man. Strange is probably a better word. Odd, you know. We got to be respectful, I guess. Do we? Everybody's different. Well, the respects for that. Elite for Reggie As do you think this will be Pep's last year at City? They have all the money and talent in the world to continue this dynasty, but it seems like he's having a hard time holding everything together, similar to the Bulls in the late 90s. Interesting. Huh. So, do, do do we think this will be Pep's last season, or do you think he'll just kind of keep getting that city money as long as he can? I thought he would do three years. So, I, for me, I believe that he leaves when they win the Champions League. I think until they win the, the Champions League, I think he'll stay. Because that's you think it's a guarantee so that if he stays long enough, they'll win it? Nope. It's, it's not guaranteed. It's likely, but not guaranteed. Like, I, I really believe that he has. A pro- I think because of his love of trophies and winning, he's always going to put a lot of emphasis on every single trophy. And I think that is what will harm him because I don't think the City team is equipped to do it a treble. And I think that's, for me, I think that's going to be the decision he makes. Either you forego a domestic title to focus on the Champions League or you just focus on the league titles. I don't think he can do what he did with Barcelona or what the Bayern did or what Inter Milan did. Speaking of which, do you know how few teams have actually won the treble? I think um, I think only seven or eight teams have actually won the tre- treble in history. That is crazy. Different clubs or just particular teams? I'm trying to think of the list I saw because like they showed a list of like seven or eight teams. I don't know whether it was different teams or different clubs. It might have been teams. Because like Barcelona actually, have won multiple. I think, no, no, I think I think I think I think it was clubs. So I think. Because okay. if it's club, I think it might be only five. Like Man United, Inter Milan, Barcelona, Bayern Munich. Well, I th- wait, I think I think that may be it. Like in the in the modern era, this is like Champions League era. Yeah, it's um, crazy. That, that is crazy. Only four clubs have won the treble. Real Madrid's never won a treble. Nope, never won the treble. Matt, they've won like four Champions Leagues in five years. You couldn't win one yep. treble. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like yo, we, we, we do the hardest I mean, they, part. They, Four out of five can't years. Put, and they, you can't you can't put together a league. You can't put together one league in a Copa del Rey. Yeah, no, no, no. Come because on, I think in, in the 16-17 season, I think some average team beat them in the Copa del Rey where they because that was that's where they won the La Liga and the Champions League. And some random team beat them in the Copa del Rey. So that was their closest chance of doing it. Because they should have won the Copa del Rey. You can't win the. You can win Champions League four or five, but Copa del Rey, ah, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> the Copa del ah, Rey, man. Yeah, man, that Copa del Rey, bro. We couldn't do it. Damn. 
Um, all right, what's next? You want to talk maybe a little bit about Arsenal? I'm trying to save Chelsea because people are probably expecting us to talk about. Hey, they're just going to talk oh, yeah, about yeah, Frank yeah, Lampard yeah, yeah. and no, stuff. So I, I'm, 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 also, I don't even have that much to say about the the rookies team. Um, I have a little bit to say, but we'll get there. Um, okay. So, so yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal beat Burnley. Arsenal are very interesting because I, I I feel like I had them in the top four. I, I feel like I had United and Chelsea out, and I had Arsenal in the fourth spot. I'm feeling pretty good about that because yeah. they have the firepower to just win games. The the goal Lacazette scored, a great, a great to kind of just like striker's goal. Just yeah, get the ball out of my feet by any means necessary, put it on target, and maybe it'll go in and it and it did. Aubameyang, you can't really stop that. I, th- I think it was uh, Thabios who collected Thibios, the ball, yeah. hit Aubameyang first time, and once he's running at your goal, Full speed. You obviously know the the defenders are going to back off because they're scared of his pace. Gets the ball on his right foot, shoots it to the I guess his near post, and it and it, and it beats the keeper because he's nice like that. So when you have those two prolific elite goal scorers in your team, whatever defensive mistakes that maybe Louise are going to have or your young players, if you want to play like holding or those guys, or if you're not really playing actual fullbacks and you want to play like Ainsley Maitland-Niles or whatever the case may be, you might just have enough firepower to overcome that, especially if you're playing at home. The key man for Arsenal is that Thebaz. That's a really good signing. Hence why Real Madrid. The fact that Real Madrid said, loan boy, ain't no way you're buying this dude. Shows you how much they believe in his quality. Like I do he's feel already... like kind of overreacting to one game, though. Because he does seem like he'll have one good game in four. Oh no, I watched him for Real Madrid. So I know how good he is. And a guy that can hold down first team places in Real Madrid has to tech have basic technical proficiency. And that's mm-hmm. what he has. So for me, it's like, like let's say if I'd never seen him, then I'm like, okay, look, it's only one game, but I've seen him in quite a few games for Real Madrid last season. And I believe that no, no, no. Because remember, like the amounts of guys who've come from La Liga who have bowled in the Premier League, Cazola for one for Astel has been a lot. So I see no reason why he can't be a consistent performer. Now, it depends on the team and the system. But Emery, coming from La Liga and, and so forth, I think that there's no reason why he can't be a consistent performer for Arsenal. In that Do you know what I found interesting or, or kind of slightly humorous was yeah. he got substituted late in the game, kind of slash time-wasting. Maybe Emery wanted to get him like... Uh, standing ovation from the crowd or whatnot. That way, maybe he, <laughs> by the end of the season, he might try to force a move. I don't know. <laughs> but he took him off, and he went to sit down next to Mkhitaryan, and they kind of – you you couldn't tell what they were saying, but the camera kind of stayed on them for maybe like 10, 20 seconds or something like that while there was something else going to the ground. And you could tell that Sabios was telling Mkhitaryan, like he did this this gesture of just like – in the air, in the air, in the air, in the air, like three, four or five times or something like that. So I'm sure he was like, in Spain, they don't play like this at all. Like Burnley, like yeah. long ball, long ball, long ball, long ball. And he did like the like flicking his fingers thing. It was just like, yo, yeah, this is what English football is, man. Like Burnley, they're just going to kick it long. <laughs> you get like the yeah, ball's gonna feel like me? it's in the air more than it's on the ground. So oh, no, no, I was saying like top and down in Spain, like the football is, is played on the ground. Yeah, so you know, just saying like this is his first taste of 
English football in that sense. They are going to kick it in the air a lot. You're going to be looking up a lot. It, it depends on what team you play. So if you play Burnley or Crystal Palace or something like that, like, yeah, the ball's going to be in the air. So just kind of seeing him react to that as soon as he went off, like, in the air, in the air, in the air. I, I found that kind of funny. Like, yeah, bro, this is this is what they do. <laughs> You're not in Spain anymore. <laughs> Ooh, I thought he might have caught it. All right, so where do we want to go next? What teams are we missing? Carl kind of touched on Liverpool because he was at the game. Doing this while watching games – is an art that maybe we get used to around the Champions League, but this yeah. is our first time this season, so like I'm, well, I'm a bit rusty watching football matches and trying to do this at the same time. But you know, we're addicts in some way. <laughs> like I should turn the TV off. I should technically turn the TV off, but I can't. Um, okay, Chelsea. Um... <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea, the rookie. So you're calling? Have you ever seen that film, The Rookie? With um, Kevin Costner, nah, the other one that looks like him, Dennis Quaid. Uh, oh yeah, 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 they're like twins. Nah, I've I've I've, I've, I've heard of it, but I've been seeing it now. We're we're calling Frank Lampard the rookie. Is is that what his yep. name is? Yes, you. I am seeing a serious lack of experience in his tactical setup. What did you um, think would happen? Did this this is. This is what I want to know about Chelsea. What did you guys think was going to happen? Oh, no, no. That's you know what the funny thing is. I like, look, okay, look. I was pumping them up and everything. Just I was like, you know what? Let me let me just just for a laugh. Let me just try and go the opposite of what I think. Because initially I was like, hire an experienced manager. What? How the hell are you hiring Lampard? S. Not only are you hiring Lampard for a position like Chelsea in this position of the transplant, it makes no sense. But I said, you know what? Let me just try and go the opposite side and say, no, let's actually, let me be confident. Maybe he'll surprise a lot of people. Maybe he will shock people. Maybe he will do do, do things that people will not want. Maybe because people are so um, undervaluing him, he may actually come and actually just do something that's actually, actually just wows people. But how wrong I was. Oh, okay, well, so far, <laughs> but I, I believe that after three games, I can already tell that He's very excited about his plan A. He's the kind of manager that be like, look, we played well. All we need to do is just keep playing well. And I, I, don't, I don't think he understands the importance of the results and the importance of creating a winning mentality into the team. So he and his manager will be like, oh, no, we deserve to win. Oh, we, we, we deserve to win. We should have won. We should have won. Bro, you lost. <laughs> you lost. So I think, like, I mean, just even looking at all, all, all of the games, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Do you see tactical changes? Do you see someone that really has an understanding of the bigger picture of a, a 90 minutes game? Because all I see is press high, move the ball forward, play really quick, very in- intensive. But then, if a team withstands that and everything, do you have a plan for the second half? Do you have a, a plan when your team gets tired? Do you have a plan B? And that is where, because even I was even talking, talking to, to the guys about it earlier today who came, because I said, Rafa Benitez would have been a great hire for this situation specifically of the transfer ban. Because look at what he did with Newcastle. He's a very underappreciated manager. And he would have worked very well with what he's been given, which is with, with, this, with this Chelsea team. And I think he would have brought a tactical under understanding and an effectiveness, which would be based on results. And I think that he... See, he would have probably... <laughs> 
made Chelsea a very surprising team. But with Lampard, I'm like, bro, you can't tell your team just to attack like mad for 90 minutes. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> Literally, you can't just tell your team to run and press high for 90 flipping minutes. He doesn't have a 90 minutes plan. He has a 20 minutes plan. He doesn't have a 90 minutes plan. <laughs> you know? And I think like, and that's just from a lack of experience because experience of of hundreds of games, hundreds of games will know that, okay, let me do this in the 65th. Let me do this in the 70th. Let me make this small tweak. Let me make this small change. Let me adjust the midfield like this. Let me adjust the thing like, like this. And these are things that you even tell your players that in the 65th, in the 75th, um, just after halftime like this, that you will know. I don't, and that comes with experience. Mm. So I don't know about you, Think this could this might be a very nasty season for for Chelsea, man. I'm, I'm very impressed with 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 Pulisic. Mr. Mans looks I um Kozuma boom. The guy looks like a defender and bro can't say it's, it's tier one, can't say he's the best player in his position easily. Without a doubt. Would you say he's the best player in the Premier League? He's he's close. Top he's three close. at worst, right? Like he, him oh, and like at worst top. So, so basically. De, yeah, De Bruyne, Van Dijk, him. I've, but then you've got Mane. So you say Kant is better than Mane. Would you say he's better than De Bruyne? If I'm starting my team, I think I take Kante first. If there's Over like De a Bruyne. Premier League draft, like which which player do oh, I want Oh, easily. First? Oh, oh. Kante, no, no. Kante, you see, see now, now that I liked how you did that. If, who is the, who, who would you say is the most important player in the Premier League? It's Kante. Because he does everything. He helps us in your defense. He helps us in your midfield. He helps us in, in your attack. He's the most valuable player. The most valuable player. Why is Michi playing in a, in a development game? It's interesting that they're playing him because it could suggest one of two things. You put him in an under-23 match and it's like, we're, we're not trying to use you. Or I see we have a goal-scoring problem. So let me see if you're putting these things that we're implementing in training. Let me see if you can do that in at least some kind of match. So maybe it's that. So maybe it's a good sign for Michi that they're at least trying to play him because they they didn't play Bakayoko, they didn't play Zappacosta in that game, or Alonso or somebody like that. So maybe it's Lampard seeing, can I work this guy into my team? He scored two goals and had an assist in a 3-0 game. So there you go. How is Tammy Abraham in <laughs> higher in the pecking order than Batswai? I don't I don't understand. Now, these Jody Morse is somebody who who a lot of his start in management came with the Chelsea youth team or like the Chelsea youth team. So the under, I don't know the numbers exactly, but like the under 12s, under 15s, under 17s, 18s, 19s, 20s, 21. Like this is where his foundation in management comes from, which just so happens to overlap people like Tammy Abraham, people like Callum Hudson-Odoi, people like Mason Mount, all of these like Reese James, et cetera, et cetera. Lampard and Morris come into the club and they have a vision for where they want the club to be and what they want the club to look like. And I think that involves having, I don't think all youth team players, I think that's going a bit extreme, but they want a solid amount of people who, quote, feel Chelsea and understand Chelsea and want to be at Chelsea and bleed Chelsea, all that kind of just... You know, weird rhetoric that people get into. Stupid, stupid. Um, <laughs> it's about winning. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm sorry to cut it short, but just very briefly. It's about winning. This being a slave to an, a dumbass ideology of like people who are thrown through, but they no, 
get the best possible team. Klopp, I know people will not like me saying this, but I'm going to say this. This is a mercenary's game. This isn't playing for your country or your nation that has hundreds of years of actual history. You are mercenaries. You are you are hired guns. You're bounty hunters. <laughs> okay, you're paid to play. All right. There is no such thing as like you know people who really care about the the, the club will definitely be more. No, 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 no. But put the best players because if you if you pay them and that check comes every at the end of every month, they'll they will do your job. They will do that job f- for you. So yeah. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> So, so like in in this vision that that the two have for for what they want the club to be, that clearly involves having Tammy Abraham be the number nine for Chelsea for the next decade. Like as long as we're here, we want to leave people who are going to establish themselves in the Chelsea first team. And that includes Mason Mount, who's played well, I think. Um, That includes Reese James. That includes Callum Hudson-Odoi if they can get him to sign a contract. That includes Tammy Abraham. That's why Tammy Abraham is playing. If you want the team to win this season, it sucks. Because clearly there are two better strikers than Tammy Abraham. That's not saying Tammy Abraham, if you project him in the next five, six years, he can't be like, you know, a 20-goal Premier League scorer maybe. Um, he's, not, he's, he's, not, he's not cuts out for the Premier League now. He's, he's 21 years old. Like, And you yeah. can look at him and tell like he still needs – to get in the weight room, fill out a little bit more, just maybe the championship is a is a good level for him in terms of um, the level of opposition he's facing. Mm. Once you come into the Premier League, it's another step up, yeah. and maybe he's not quite ready to step up. But Lampard's not, maybe not concerned with what he is. He's concerned about what he can be, which means somebody like Mitchie, eh, I'd rather play Tammy because I know Tammy's going to be here because I want him here. So and then Giroud's thirty-two. Maybe he'll leave um, after this season. He'll go back to France or whatever the case may be. And then we well, can bring in a, and, and, that you're going to be here, Lampard. You're going to be here for the next three, four, five, five, five years. So there is no urgency here. You're like, no, no, no. I have a job here for at least a minimum of two years. So there is no urgency to get results now. This is the thing, though. I think even if he knows he gets sacked. <laughs> by by persisting with these players, he'll still do it. If only because it's the right thing in their mind to do for Chelsea. Like if, if you ever watch 24, like there's always somebody oh. in the deep state who they're a traitor against America, but then in their mind they spin it like I'm a patriot and I'm doing this because I oh, love yeah, my yeah, country yeah, yeah. so much, etc. <laughs> even, even, even though what they're doing, it might be the wrong thing. But basically, they love America so much that they're they're willing to destroy whatever existing framework is there. Not to call these people like Morris and Lampard on that level, but it's similar to that, where they see themselves almost, I think, as Chelsea Patriots who are willing to do the, quote, right thing for the club, which means using the academy and installing particular players that they see potential in. I don't see anything wrong with that. But again, as I said last week, don't lie to me and tell me that this is going to be a winning project now. It can't be. No. You can't do it. There there needs to be a balance in the team. There needs to be a reassessment of people's expectations, all while Lampard is learning essentially how to manage. So, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how crazy that is? So, we're literally watching a guy learning how to become a manager. 
Yeah, it's, it's like a reality TV show almost. <laughs> do, do, yo, do you know? Do you know what I would? I would actually pay harder money to see. Do, do you know the series that Amazon did with Manchester City two years ago? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like yeah. the behind the scenes yeah. thing. If you could get that from Chelsea this season, oh, that'd be amazing. Just like if you because like there, there's no way Chelsea would allow that. Season. There's no way because they no, wouldn't no, no, want this to be season is going to be a blockbuster. Like. It's going to be a very eventful season. For better or for worse, it's going to be an extremely eventful season. Like, the amount of memes and tweets and threads that are going to be put out on Twitter this season for Chelsea, Lord. So, remember the the call for... We're going to do some questions. Remember the call for questions goes out every Monday sometime or maybe Tuesday, depending on where you live in the world. Just respond and uh, we'll get through as many as we can. All right. So, from... Kojo at that uncle of yours with Coutinho confirmed a Bayern is going after Neymar the smart thing to do for Barca or do they have much deeper problems especially after their opening day defeats thanks for the question yes. Kojo yes and yes I think will be the answer to the question like, yeah, yes, you to, I'm not going to pretend like I watched the game live I did see highlights it didn't look that great so and if you're going to sell Coutinho you, I think you need um, a, a player that can play in that position like Neymar can. And is the problem deeper? Uh, yeah. Like, they are a Messi-oriented team. And if Messi's not there, they look broken. So when you, at least if you plug Neymar in, you have a guy that you can hand the team to. Yeah, no, no. no for me, I like because I watched the, the, the game, like most of the game against Bilbao. It is quite scary how dependent this team is on one man. Really scary <laughs> because this is one of the biggest clubs in the world. And how a club of such a stature that's produced probably probably the most dominant team in history, how they've now fallen to a level where they are so dependent on one man is embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing because watching watching them where all you could turn to was Griezmann, um, I was like, this these guys look aimless, toothless. Isn't it um, weird that like don't 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 Bill Bell have a player, Williams, who's signed to like a nine year contract? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Inaki Williams, yeah, like, like slavery, slavery. <laughs> Not slavery, but like nine years, bro. That's crazy. Nine. How you sign a nine-year contract? That's look, crazy. Yeah, look, he, he, he obviously loves the place, so it's like, I mean, uh, yeah. Is it is it Bill Bow the one that we only play regional players? Damn. Let's move on. Anyway, um, yeah. from football bands at football bands four, who said oh, the gosh. guy could dribble. I give him that. But can we have an honest discussion about Okocha? How can, quotes, one of the best African players ever, unquote, only manage one AFCON during a 20-year career stint in Europe while playing for PSG, Frankfurt, and Bolton? Hashtag, hashtag BTEC Bolasi. Hashtag exposure <laughs> The hell? That's hash. No, okay, okay, okay. You want to, oh, look, okay, let's, okay, let's, let's be honest because I have... Started this hashtag of exposure season. All right, let's be real. Many Nigerians will tell you this. For me, Akocha is one is one of the most naturally talented for footballers of all time. Easily, as far as just natural talent, one of the most talented footballers at just a natural sense in the world. But many Nigerians said said this. He wasn't very effective in in games, and Akocha was the best case of you can have the most amazing talent in the world. That is different from we're now within 
the um, scenario of a football match, you now need to be effective. Like for me, Gareth Bale isn't technically a great football player, but he's extremely effective. So yeah, look, I take it with me, but for me, it still doesn't negate me saying that Okocha was some of the stuff that Okocha did on that pitch was crazy, and Ronaldinho was taught by him. So there you go. So therefore, in a weird kind of way, Okocha is a Ballon d'Or winner. Actually, I'm going to tweet that out. <laughs> Next question. Next question by Theodore at Linden Boulevard 1. Um, is Jao Felix living up to the price tag? You can't live up to a price tag after two games. Yeah. So... No, no. I mean, I do like... For me, I already feel like he's better than Griezmann because I think Griezmann is overrated. But way too early for to find out how whether he's living up to the price tag. We... We need to see him for a season. And I'm, look, I'm very excited because I watched Atletico's game. It looked really exciting. And I'm really excited to see what they do in the Champions League, for sure. For sure. Um, from Gawain at the, at the Gawain69 says, how would the landscape of transfers change if players were locked into the length and money of their contracts like at American sports? Would there be more player swaps? Interesting. Definitely. He must mean locked in as the club owns your contract. Oh, yeah. Probably not, no, yeah, for because, sure. Yeah. Because right, right now, it's like the club owns the rights to you, but they don't own your contract necessarily. Yeah, so, 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 so basically, if you're to sign like a five-year contract, you have to honor those five, five years. Right. And, and the club can decide what they want to do with you for those five years. Oh, yeah. Of course it would change. I think people, people wouldn't sign for five years. They might sign for three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for sure, yeah. Like people do two years, three years, but yeah, if you if you're now locked into a contract, oh yeah. So so basically, that would see, see. That's why whenever people say, "Oh, this dude has signed a five-year contract," it doesn't mean anything to me. Like I I really I find that news irrelevant. But if you now say you're now locked into a contract, De Gea now signing a three-year contract for United. Now that is a big deal. Okay, so what if he signs a five-year contract now? If the right offer comes, he's off to Real Madrid. There you go. Mm. From DC as Johan seven five one two, who's more likely to win their respective league, Inter, Liverpool, or Dortmund? Um, Juventus have gotten stronger, and um, also again, get well to Sarri who has pneumonia. So hopefully, get well to Mister Sarri um, for that. Um, That's not good. For the amount of cigarettes he smokes. Yeah, not good. Not good. But yeah, hopefully he gets well. But yeah, but for me, I think Juve have that unlocked. They've gotten strong, and I think Sarri is a good coach. Um, and Liverpool may run City close, but I think City are too strong, way too strong. And with a fully fit De Bruyne, nobody is, is touching them this season. Because of how they flopped last season, I still don't want to put all my chips on Dortmund. But um, Bayern Munich looks sketchy. For me, it depends on Coutinho. Coutinho Coutinho will determine whether Bayern will win the Bundesliga or not. I think if he comes and he doesn't make a big impact, I think with Komuna and Janabri and an aging Muller and Lewandowski, you know what? I'm I'm sorry. Like, I don't know, man. I really don't know for that answer because I don't trust Dortmund. <laughs> yeah. You sounded so confident and then you started talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. like, I, I don't know. I, th I think you have to look at who's weakest between City and... Juventus and Bayern. I think the answer is Bayern. Yeah. They're all not likely, but which one's more possible, I guess? And I think it would be Dortmund. So there you go. 
Mason Boris, as Mason Boris says, for three years now, Talking Tactics has prided itself on being the number one football podcast. With that Thank said, you. how can one of its hosts, HH, say things like Kante, greater than Javi, and say he got a list from UEFA saying Chelsea are fed faves for the champ for the for the CL? <laughs> Knew they were corrupt, but didn't think they'd sell us to the likes of HH. <laughs> no comment. Like, what do you want me to, to, to say? No, nah, I mean, have hope. You have been kind of um, wild on the hot takes lately, to a point where it's like, bro, like, what, the f- man? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, where? Kids listen to this stuff, man. Like, Pulisic is like gonna be. I don't know. Champions yeah. said, "Okay, you know what? Relax. Okay, I fret." Pulisic, I still think that the guy is going to surprise people. Yeah, I, I think for your own credibility, I think you might need to relax a bit. Like the Ted, was it Tammy Abraham can be the new drug ball? Like you actually, you you had a you had the idea. It was, the video, it was for a laugh. It was for a laugh. Watch the video and then put the video out and kept it on your channel. Those are five things. Look, look, look! I'll take it down. I'll, I'll take down the video. <laughs> you can't now. It's out there. People are gonna be like, "No, no, no!" Ah. Who cares? I can still take it. Down. I can still take it back, man. Relax, chill. Um, <laughs> two more questions now from Sammy. Okay. Sammy Why is Marcelo never in the goat left back debate? People always say he's good defensively, which at times is fake. But isn't the question supposed to be in your ultimate eleven? Which one player would benefit the team most at left back? Can you read that again? Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit confused. So, why is Marcelo never in the GOAT left-back debates? People always say he is good defensively, which at times is fake. But isn't the question supposed to be in your all-time eleven? which one player will you pick to benefit the team most at left-back? I'm slightly confused. No, because, you know, I'm not sure whether he's in support of Marcelo or not in support of Marcelo. That's why I'm, I'm confused. Because when he says, why is Marcelo never in the GOAT's Left back debates. I'm thinking, okay, he's obviously thinking that Marcelo should be in the goals. But then when he then says that people will say he's good defensively, which at times is fake. Obviously, they're saying that he's not good defensively. Basically, my okay, my response to this, pertaining to Marcelo, is I and I actually had this conversation earlier today. He is the best fullback going forward of all time. All time, nobody is better than him going forward of all time. Some of the stuff this guy does is insane. I would never have him as the left back of my team. Now, if I was playing a 3-5-2, I'd probably have him as a wing back with the, with the protection on the defense of my back three. But if I'm playing a flat back four, no way I'm, I'm, I'm having him. No way. Because def- defensively, he's a, he's a liability. So. <laughs> this is true. From Packed Mouse, that's hey. Packed Mouse. How much of a break was Mourinho for having Lukaku and Sanchez as his main striker over Martial? Now, as much as I love Uncle Moo, and I'm a huge fan of Uncle Moo's, um, probably one of the biggest mistakes he's made is his underappreciation for Anthony Martial, who I think is an incredible talent. But then again, Mourinho was the same guy who looked at Eto, one of the best finishers in the world, and put him out on the wing. But they won a treble. But it's still Eto, one of the best finishers in the world. So um, I think that it's, man, that... that some managers have an idea of how they want their team to play and the kind of strikers that they want in their team. And for Mourinho, he had a very clear idea of how he wanted his team to play, how he wanted his strikers to, to be. And obviously, my dear friend thingy didn't fit that ilk. It's a good answer. We can leave it there. 
All right. So remember, yeah, if you want your questions in the show, the tweet for question goes out every Monday or Tuesday, depending on where you live. Because I feel like if you're in Australia and I tweeted at the right time or New Zealand or someplace like that, it's pro- it might be Tuesday. But either, either way, tweet for questions goes out before we record the podcast. You'll know about it if you follow us on Twitter. So be sure to get in contact with us and we will discuss your questions. So thanks to everybody that asked. It means a lot. Also, I'm trying to figure out how I can do like voicemail. That way people, yeah, that way people can like call the voicemail and leave like voice messages. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then yeah. we can maybe like play the voice messages on the podcast and talk about them that way. I feel like that would be interesting, like to just get people's voices on the podcast. So, <laughs> so if so anybody you... knows how to like set up a voicemail for free, that would be cool. So get in contact with me or just you know, our DMs are open. So just like if anybody knows how to do that. I'll, or maybe I'll figure it out independently. Um, we do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, all the talking tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, remember to subscribe. It's free. If you do want to help out with the show monetarily, however, um, we do have a Patreon page. We record 30 to 40 minutes for you guys every week. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. So hopefully you check that out and uh, support the podcast in that sense. So yeah, talking tactics. I'm Daniel. Half Hope, where can people find you? Go to the website. Halfhopefootballhood.com. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Talk and Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Are those all the food options that you're scrolling through? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm tweeting on my other phone. Oh, it's like tech, 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 tech. Okay. I was like, damn, like... <laughs> no, no, because as I said, like I've I've not I've not become Nigerian. I now have two phones now, which is oh, a very sure. Nigerian thing to do. Having two phones, yeah. two phones is is one of them an iPhone? Oh no, no, they're both no, they're, they're both Samsung. When are you gonna get an iPhone, bro? Never, never. <laughs> never. The, the only Apple product I have is an iMac because this is where our extra starts. Oh, okay, okay, all right, yeah, so no, no, like, basically, the only, like, the first output that I had was my, I think it was my mom bought me the iPod Touch. Sports Social Podcast Network.